Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Primetime on Football Friday, 1080 The Fan. Professional football in America is a special game. A unique game. Played nowhere else on earth. It is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. This is a Football Friday edition of Primetime with Isaac and Souk. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. Watch the games in the region's largest video wall and wager on your team at the ALNA Sportsbook. That's going to make the difference between winning and losing. On 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back. Big Souk out today. He is uh, getting his knee looked at for some reason. Um, <clears throat> Buck is over there. My name, Isaac. And as we know... From Urban uh, Dictionary. Yeah. Just a, just a solid guy. Very, very, very smart. Someone who could kick your butt and you'd feel good about it <laughs> after he right. gave you some advice. You want me to kick your ass. Yeah. Uh, we will have In the News uh, coming up here at, uh, of course, 4.30. Joey Harrington next hour. We will build the perfect hot dog. Uh, two big reasons Kansas City wins. Beating the Bengals. We were talking about Chris Jones. He has no sacks in 13 career playoff games, uh, which is interesting. Uh, he's going to have to be a monster out there in the Kansas City defensive front um, against the Cincinnati banged-up offensive line uh, for them to win. Kansas City is fifth in team sack percentage this season. The only playoff teams uh, better than Kansas City uh, in that department were Philly and Dallas. So that bodes well uh, for that matchup because I know a lot of people are down on Kansas City's chances of winning this game because their defense is not rated as high as uh, any of the other three teams right? by a long shot. But their sack percentage is fifth in the league, better than Cincinnati. It was better than Buffalo. Only Philly and Dallas had a better one. And the second thing that I think is interesting is – from the Kansas City Star today. And I'll just read you um, a little excerpt from this because they were talking about Patrick Mahomes and how the Bengals have actually trained Mahomes for this game. 
So, Say that again. The Bengals have trained Mahomes. Yeah, in other words, um, the Bengals and the way they play Patrick Mahomes are the ones who best trained him for this, okay. this moment okay. with his banged-up ankle, right? I think that's the big yeah. worry, is that he's going to be limited in mobility. Well, here, this is from the Kansas City Star. It says, a year ago in the AFC Championship game, the Bengals brought only three rushers on 19 of Mahomes' 46 dropbacks. Rather than use the extra defender in the secondary to aid coverage, they instead put a spy on Mahomes. They also had linemen stay in their lanes, and they prevented Mahomes from cashing his scrambles in for big, bigger chips. They dared Mahomes to beat them from the pocket, and he didn't. He completed 8 of 17 passes while standing between the tackles during the second-half collapse throwing two interceptions in the process. I remember that, too. I don't know if you remember the game. Dude, and this is dovetailing back to your 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 thoughts about Mahomes in the pocket this year, right? Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But that game last year, he looked awful in the second half. Oh, yeah. They, they, they It was like they figured him out. They got in his head or something. So almost instinctively, uh, he still attempted to leave the pocket four times to make plays as though he was searching for his long-trusted security blanket, Ready and waiting with a spy and disciplined lineman, the Bengals sacked him on three of those four. Uh, Mahomes has been sacked only once in 121 dropbacks this season when exiting the pocket. Uh, the Chiefs had an offseason to think about all of that. They knew what got them. They knew some other teams might try the same. They knew this team in particular almost certainly would try the same. Basically, they spent an offseason, um, and now with this ankle injury, preparing for this. Yeah. They, knowing that that was at least their newest Achilles heel in, in this situation. Yeah. So so then it reads, Mahomes needs to beat a team primarily from the pocket. To be clear, there remains no quarterback more successful outside the tackles than this one. It's not a lost art in his game. It's a significant aspect of it, but we have to operate under the assumption that it is likely he will be limited as the Chiefs try to qualify for their third Super Bowl in four seasons. Here's the difference this year. The difference in an elite quarterback and an NFL MVP frontrunner, he is now, Patrick Mahomes, the league's best quarterback inside the pocket. Mahomes has thrown 35 touchdowns while stationed between his left tackle and the one protecting him on his right, the most in the league. He ranks second in passer rating, and he's totaled 105 expected points added over the season. There's that EPA again. Yep. A 23% year-over-year improvement. Second most in that category, Buffalo's Josh Allen sits at 70 expected points added. It's a boat race, and Mahomes is running inside his lanes as he laps the field. So in 2021, for comparison's sake, Mahomes rated ninth in passer rating and sixth in touchdowns from inside the pocket, the location that stumped him in the title game loss to the Bengals. That game narrowed a training camp's focus, and the training camp's focus produced the best quarterback in the NFL this season from the pocket. So I would also point to that as a reason why Kansas City is better equipped to win this game as to how the Bengals are going to play them than uh, what they did last year. So they've seen the Bengals now. This is what the the, the fourth, fourth meeting, the fourth right? uh, yeah stands yeah. of this and one. Cincinnati's won uh, the first three. Yep, uh, all by a field goal. Well, and if you if you kept getting knocked out by a team like this, uh, or the last three times you play them, wouldn't wouldn't you spend some time in the offseason focusing God. on yes. what you need to do to get over that specific hump? Totally. Yeah, and I think I think most people thought I I, I don't quite remember this regular season matchup that they had this year. 
But I think a lot of people thought Kansas City would get him again, and they just the Bengals just do this. They they just they're well coached and well schemed. <laughs> hell yeah, they're just and Burrow. Burrow's just yeah, the man. Yeah. And you just sort of it's easy to count them out. It's easy to say, well, this isn't going their way or that. You know, Kansas City to get him this. Bengals own him. So uh, it will be really interesting to see how the how the Chiefs respond to that at Burrowhead. Uh, Nick Sirianni going back over to the NFC. Boy, I remember uh, Big Souk, our friend here, making a lot of fun of Eagles coach Nick Sirianni, and I think rightfully so. <laughs> well, yeah, he got he got uh, dragged through the mud on the uh, what do you call that? The internet after this. But let's revisit uh, how awkward Nick Sirianni's first press conference was. Uh, when he was hired as coach of the Eagles. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team, that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the, the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going we're gonna to know, we're going to have systems in place that are easier to learn. All right, complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we, when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent take over. But we need to have systems in place, and we will have systems in place. Mm. Basically, we're going to know what to do. That's and we're, right. we're going to make it easier, even though <laughs> we're going to simplify it, even though I can't simplify <laughs> my explanation of it for you. <laughs> yeah, basically what we're going to do is we're going to, build an offense and that offense is going to be designed to score some points and then what we're going to do after that is we're going to build a defense and that defense is going to be designed to slow down the other team's offense that's our plan and, and we're going to know what to do and if we th can think less then we can just be better and clearly i haven't thought this out <laughs> yeah i think he got nervous but, I, you know, he, it definitely sounded like yeah he, he just lost his yeah. you know what he, his train of thought but dude he's done a great job and that eagles team they are loaded they'd probably even have like as good as the niners are um the eagles are better the, what did they say they have 18 of 22 starters are all pro or are uh all pro level man i hadn't heard that but that's uh phenomenal it's insane and they're not hurt at all there's none of their guys are hurt but i do wonder you know, we've, we've Except talked. for Lane Johnson, he's banged up. Is he? The right tackle, yeah. He's got a... He a, plays, though, right? He's He's been playing through it, yeah. yeah. I wonder, we, we talk a lot about Kyle Shanahan, and I always say, you know, and you know this as a Niner fan, never underestimate Kyle Shanahan's ability to screw up the game management portion. Oh, he can pucker with the best of them. But I thought he did a great job against Dallas. I did, too. Um, and, you know, it's little things like, you know, when you got a lead and you're milking a, a a lead, you you use every damn second on the play clock before you snap the ball. They did that. Yeah, and he also has the secondary task of like protecting his rookie quarterback, which he has to think about every single play, and 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 also put yourself in position to win. But like, it's I don't know that he's doing the kids glo kid gloves things, but it's almost like he has two jobs to to like get the team right and also make sure his rookie quarterback stays in a position to be successful. Yeah, so I think one element of that game, the Niners-Eagles game, which is a fascinating matchup anyway, is how does Kyle Shanahan's development as a game manager, as a coach over there, in these situations, because he's been here, this is now his third time, right, to the uh, to the title game in the last four years? Yep. Or three or four years. Um, and, he's, and he's coached in a Super Bowl. He of course was coaching in the uh, for the uh, Falcons when they blew the lead to Tom Brady and the Patriots. He was the offensive coordinator of that team. He's been in the Super Bowl. He's been in these spots. 
where he's had to manage a game. And uh, I wonder, you know, he looked a lot better last week in that scenario. I wonder if that is a huge advantage for the Niners because Nick Sirianni has not been here as a head coach. And I think those are interesting little things. When you're talking about a game like this, it's going to come down to, to, to small differences. I wonder if that is something you know that that could rear its ugly head not to say that Sirianni is is good or bad at that but or maybe Shanahan does it again and blows it again with clock management or the dumb timeout wasted or something like that but that's an a, a factor that I wonder if it won't won't be something out there on Sunday because Sirianni as good as the Eagles are he's been handed a loaded roster he does not have experience coaching in these these games no he he's he's Shanahan never, does he's never been in this spot and I I do think there's a there's a pressure factor involved in it and I think there's something to be said about just having the reps under your belt and having yes. all the different situations have played out in front of you before so you kind of now they're second nature instead of the first time you're experiencing them and if if things go according to the Eagles game plan it may not matter but if the margins are as thin as we think they're going to be it might not be a quarterback turnover. It might be a coaching decision that yeah, makes the difference. It very well could be. All right, more um, on the games coming up next hour. Joey Harrington will join us. But uh, up next, let's build the perfect hot dog and a little batting champ talk. Other sports next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Somebody else points out, too, on the text line, forgotten the Eagles. So I was saying that 18 of their 22 starters are Pro Bowl level. Uh, the actual uh, stat on that comes from Ross Tucker. He said 18 of the 22 starters for the Eagles are Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl alternate caliber players. Got it. So 16 were voted in, eight Pro Bowlers and eight alternates. Uh, Goddard and Gardner Johnson uh, would have been in, but they were ineligible because they were on the IR. So it's really crazy to think how loaded the Eagles roster is. Um, and somebody else points out that uh, they get a top 10 pick. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> From the Saints. All right. Well, we got to move on to some other things. Important food-related things. Yeah, I was, I was looking at a, a tweet that was asking the question, a very important question of um, how do you build the perfect hot dog? And I thought, you know, that's something that this show is courageous enough to tackle. Yeah, I think we are. But I just don't know that I'm the best. I'm the best guy for this because I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. If I'm at the turn, and I'm I'm getting a dog. 
Here's what I'm putting on it. And okay. I don't think this is going to be popular. Okay. And now this is assuming that I've got all of the accoutrement. All of it. Mm-hmm. I will go a little bit of ketchup, okay. but more mustard okay. than ketchup. Okay. You will get cheddar cheese. Mm. I love a cheese dog, which is not very common, I feel like. Relish. Interesting. Or if they don't have that, I'll throw the diced onions okay. on there. Okay. Or maybe both. And I will uh, put jalapenos on it. You load that thing up. That's what I think is a is a a perfect dog. Okay, and I don't know that uh, a lot of people are going to agree with that. What what do you put on your hot dog? Uh, if we're coming around the turn, I think I mean I I do really like like a cheese dog, especially if it's been toasted and the cheese has been melted over it, like a mm. bacon cheese dog. But I will separate that from the kind of more traditional hot dog like uh, accoutrements. I will go a little ketchup and regular mustard. And I like the yellow mustard. I mean, in, on sandwiches, I like yes. more of a deli mustard. I like like the French's yellow mustard. Not too much of either, but a little bit. And then I will put on sweet relish and the chopped onions. That that that's my good. Okay, so we're not that far off. No, and it's not that I don't maybe like jalapeno on a dog or maybe like cheese on a dog, but I don't necessarily think I want the relish with the cheese with the jalapenos. I'm just going mayo, mustard, relish, onion on your basic standard dog. Now I will also get into like I said, like a basic like a, a bacon cheese dog. With none of that other stuff that I just mentioned. Mm. Like just melted cheese and fresh bacon and like toasted so the bun's a little crispy. That's perfect. I love mm. one of those bacon-wrapped Mexican street dogs where you get some of the griddled onions and peppers on it. Like, there you that's go. amazing. There you go. But the, now we're getting into different styles. Yeah, that's different. I think ultimately, like if I had to build just the most basic but awesome hot dog, I'm going ketchup, mustard, onions. Mm-hmm. I can see that. That's it. Though, and, and honestly... I might do that too. My only reservation about the relish is sometimes it's like too watery or too like there's too too liquid. It, you need you need your relish to be like more chunky and less uh, yeah. wet for the bun. Yeah, and I hate hot dogs. I you like know, hot dogs. I, it's like it's such a bastard food. It, it, like think about all the things we're talking about: mustard, gross, ketchup. Gross. Whoa, whoa, what's wrong with mustard or ketchup? It's just they're just not they're very mid. <laughs> like they're just you, speaking of new lingo, you have fallen in love with mid. <laughs> well, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Very yeah. meh, very mid. I'm now, like have, you had, Gundy. have you had uh, hot dogs or sausages around Europe and how they do things a little bit differently? I feel no. like culturally, don't they do, don't they do uh, mayonnaise? So they often do mayonnaise, which I'm not a huge fan of, but they Weird. they also do, they'll take like a baguette and they will cut off the end and then hollow out the middle and then just drop your dog in like vertically. So you don't eat it. Oh. You know, it's, it's almost like you have like a, a pouch that it's just sitting in upright. And then okay. they'll put in whatever sauces or whatever you want. And so. They have a curried ketchup over there that they really like doing that I've had in Germany and in, in Denmark that's really good. Mm. And then they also do, like, the little fried onion bits. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you get those at regular hot dog places in the U.S., but they're, like, little chopped-up fried onions that just go over the top, and that's excellent on a hot dog. Huh. No, I don't. I don't know. What you, I don't eat enough dogs. Well, it's like uh, it's the kind of like fried onions that end up on the top of a green bean casserole. The, I mean, those little, like, flavorful crunchies. Yeah. Okay. How do we feel about a chili dog? We okay with that? Um, it depends. A chili dog is like it's a different kind of enterprise. Like you, you have to be either ready to fork and knife that sucker or yeah. ready to be a total mess. And in most cases, I don't feel like fork and knifing a chili dog, and I also don't want to be a total mess. So few occasions that I feel like having a chili dog, but I do like the taste. Yeah, there's just a lot of ingredients here that I just never eat, but only with a hot dog, like mustard, ketchup, chili. Yeah, like mm -hmm. I don't. 
I don't know. So you don't like None just chili by itself on like a cold day? Uh, I mean... I love cooking a chili at home. Well, I don't cook, as you know. Well, yeah. But it's okay. Quite frankly, soups, chilies, stews... Not your jam? No. Uh, I need more substance. Okay. But so, I know chilies can be very... Substantive. Substantive, but... Uh, yeah, just in general. So, and then when you talk about the dog itself, are you going like 100% all beef American dog? Or do you want some well, sort of a Polish sausage or a broth oh, or a dude. hot link? Or like, let's say you could get any kind of protein cylinder in there. Well, now you're talking. Yeah, so I was just talking about your the regular dog. Regular yeah. dog that you have to, because it sucks, you have to put a bunch of stuff on it. But the I would probably go bratwurst. Okay. Um, yeah, those are amazing. I like a hot link. Yeah, you do. Yeah. How do we feel about sauerkraut? Can we ask this question? Yeah, I like sauerkraut specifically on a broad, and but sauerkraut, like, I won't mix with a bunch of other stuff. It has to be a, like, sauerkraut-driven dog. It's got to be the right kind of sausage and then probably just with mustard mm. and then sauerkraut. So what else do we put? So do people still go mustard ketchup on a on a hamburger? That's a that's still... I think people do. Yeah. yeah. Like the kids? Kids do. Which is kind of funny because you would actually think that Ketchup mayonnaise would be more popular with the kids. I, I feel like, I, I feel like m mustard is a tartar, spicier flavor that my, kids might be more averse to than a bland mayo. Because mm. I just don't. There's not a lot of scenarios I'm getting out mustard or ketchup at all. Yeah, maybe some fries, mm -hmm. ketchup. But and I'm not much it. of a fry guy. I'd rather have like an extra patty on my burger and just no fries. Yeah. What about uh, what else do you put mustard on? Like, is mustard even still should he should it even be around? I Let's put mustard eliminate on, it. I put mustard on sandwiches, and I I, I do make a lot of sandwiches. Yeah. Slice sandwiches. Yellow mustard? Um, not as much yellow. I mean, you, I, dude, my mustard shelf at home has like eight different mustards on it. Right. I've, I've got which is again. This is why I go back to it. mustard is pretty mid when you start to look at well, all. Well, yellow of them. mustard certainly is. There are very few uses for it. You can like make egg salad and use it at a barbecue, and that's about it. Or potato salad too. But there's there mm -hmm. are not many uses for yellow mustard. And then I feel like for every different kind of sandwich, you need a different kind of. Other mustard, a spicy brown, a Dijon, a sweet hot. Yeah. All right. Well, text 503-250-1080. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not the right guy for a hot dog. I, I, I'm feeling that Souk would be very opinionated on this. Is there an official, this is the best dog? I mean, I know like if you get a Chicago dog that typically includes mustard, no ketchup, often has onions, a pickle, and tomatoes on it. That's like the, the traditional really? Chicago dog. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't I, know I, that. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. What about Philly? I don't know what Philly does for a dog. I think they put cream cheese on their dog. Hell yeah. Do you like cream cheese on a dog? I do not no, like cream but cheese I, on a dog. I've never had it, but I, you just mentioned it. I'm in. Mm -mm. I'll, no, I'll jump down that rabbit hole. I don't think so. Not for me. A couple of other things going on in sports. Uh, looks like the Jets are going all in to try to get Aaron Rodgers. Um, they they hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. Yeah, so they're basically doing what the Broncos did, but in a lesser capacity role. I mean, dude, Nathaniel Hackett is awful. I mean, he's awful. What are they doing? Do they? And, and by the way, what does Aaron Rodgers see in Nathaniel Hackett? Well, do we even think that he sees anything in Nathaniel right. Hackett? Are we, like, are we sure that he likes Nathaniel yeah, Hackett? Yeah, maybe he will just go where Nathaniel Hackett is not. And I, th I think I mentioned this to you off the air yesterday, but did you hear the quote from Jets head coach Robert Sala about Nathaniel Hackett and hiring Nathaniel Hackett. No. <laughs> so he said um, about, he said, you've got to be able to look past recency bias. 
you got to look past whatever you want to call Denver. But the fact is, he got that opportunity because of his life's work as an offensive coordinator. <laughs> I, I don't think he's trying to throw a shot at him, but he, the guy who just hired him said, yeah, his last job was a total disaster. Uh, but we like what he's done in his totality of his career. So here he is. Well, what else has he done? So he was... I don't, he was, I don't know, but I'm besides looking here. being Green Bay. Well, he was offensive coordinator of the Jags, uh, 2016 to 2018. And so what that, was that, like Bortles? Well, wouldn't that have been the... Um, would that have been the the year that they almost went Lost to the Super to the Patriots, Bowl? like ten six or something like that? Yeah, Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah. He said they had the so leagues. if he can make Blake Bortles a near Super Bowl champ, then maybe uh, he is. Worth I guess something. you got to give him credit for that. Uh, I guess they, yeah, that team had the league's best rushing attack, and yeah, they were in the AFC title game, but lost. Um, so that was so he was QB's coach before. Oh, he was Bills' offensive coordinator, two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. Uh, EJ Manuel. Ooh, that was not a good offense. Remember that era. draft pick? I sure do. Oh my god, he was not good. So Hackett was there. Then he went to the Jags, QB's coach, Jags OC, and then Packers OC. But I feel like the Packers offense was all about Rodgers and Lafleur. Yeah, it was Matt Lafleur's brainchild. Yeah. yeah, and then he got the head coaching job of the Broncos and failed miserably. Now he's with the Jets. So the uh, Ian Rapport, or maybe it wasn't Ian Rapport, one of the NFL reporters was saying that. Um, <clears throat> the Jets are going all in. They're going to try to get Rodgers. They think Hackett will be able to lure him over, and uh, if Green Bay is willing to trade him, they're going to put together a package of at least uh, a one and multiple draft picks. And yeah, I, I don't know. If, if Rodgers is on the Jets, Super Bowl window, right? I think so. Their defense is really good. Their head coach seems like he's got a lot of juice. They've got a good running game when Brees Hall comes back healthy. They've got yeah. a couple receivers who can really play. Yeah. It did feel like even with bad quarterbacking this year, they weren't that far away. And if they get an above-average quarterback, they should at least contend for that division, if not more. Yeah. that'd be Look, I, I get where they're going with it. It's pretty risky giving all that up because he's, what, 39, 38, 39? Yeah. That, that's the thing, and, and you, you, you wonder about, not his commitment. If he comes back and he's going to play, I'm going to believe he's in. But he's also just kind of a wild card now. It's just yeah. you don't know what that level of investment is going to look like. And he's also been a guy who has kind of hobbled to the finish line three or four of the last few seasons. And, you know, he's not getting any younger. Yeah, he's a weirdo. Um, and last, we have another batting champ getting a little money today. Well, I, sh I shouldn't say another. We have a batting champ getting a little money today. Uh, Jeff McNeil won the batting title for the uh, NL for the Mets last year. And today he gets four years. What is it? Four years, 50 million? Yeah, that seems low for me. Yeah, it's like it's it's so weird because the AL batting champ was Larissa Rise of the Twins. Mm -hmm. And the Twins traded him. Yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, batting title. Remember how big batting titles were? Uh-huh. And I think it's probably because he doesn't have as much pop. He's a guy who hit nine dingers, and that's that. But at the yeah, same time, you get, you get a batting champ for 12 mil a year. Sign me up. The batting champ used to be the thing. And right. now it's just not, they don't even care anymore. It's like, yeah, here's 12. Well, if you guys, you're fine. You got guys who can hit dingers around him. That guy's exceptionally valuable. I'm surprised he didn't get more, but I think Mets got a deal there. I love it. Yeah, Mets, Mets get uh, McNeil back four years, 50 million. And they'll most assuredly blow it because that's what the Mets do, but mm -hmm. nice little signing. Um, all right, I think we're ready for In the News. I think we are. Yeah. Did you see the Paul Pelosi video is out? 
Have you no. seen that yet? No. Dude. <laughs> Did you hear about the uh the stock trading Pelosi Act that is being introduced to oh, dear. Congress. No. Okay. No. And we got to talk about names all coming up next. But first, Buck with Sports Center. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Sook's out today. He'll be back Monday recapping the uh, conference championship games. And, of course, the Australian Open and the Farmers Insurance Open, all the Opens. Uh, right now, though, it is uh, January 27, 2023. It is time for In the News. I'm your noted newsman. Hello. Thank you, Carbon Neutral. Please be seated. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, today is National Chocolate Cake Day, which is, of course, delicious. But I haven't had it in quite some time. I can't remember the last time I ordered a chocolate cake. Do you know what's disgusting? Can I tell you something? Yeah, please. Can I come clean about something? Yeah. Uh, my wife will occasionally bake. Okay. And she will get the uh, frosting, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'll eat it. Just a, just a spoonful? Yes. Yeah. Or a couple spoonfuls? And I'll deny it. <laughs> and she's like, I thought I, I thought I bought that frosting. I'm like, no, no. Oh, so you'll take you'll take down the whole canister? Yes, over time. I mean, not like in one sitting. Because one sitting would be dude, pretty heinous. I, I that's what I mean. <laughs> I can pound that stuff. Like, it's forget so the good. Cake. It is so good. Forget the cake. Just give me the frosting. And you're on the so chocolate delicious. side of it because I think Absolutely. I think that uh, like the vanilla or the funfetti icing is like my absolute yeah. favorite. They're both great, yeah. but no, I'd go chocolate first. It is also Thomas Crapper Day. You he, know what? You know this story. Didn't I you? did. He invented the flush toilet, right? No. Oh. I, pre- I thought he did. That's why they called it the crapper. Uh, not quite. Okay. Let me pull it up for you. You'd think I'd be prepared, but I wasn't. Um, he did start the crapper company. <laughs> the crapper company? Um, but he did not invent the toilet. I'll get the story in a second. Bigger question, because i got to pull it up here. Bigger question... What is the worst last name to have? Oh, man. Because Crapper... Dude, that's bad. It's pretty bad, yeah. I mean, I think anything that... 
sounds like an identical to something that just it has a negative connotation. Like, you know, something that, that relates to, you know, feces or urine. Yeah. Or, you know, any slang of, of, like, iteration of those things would, would not be great. What about Hitler? Yeah, that wouldn't be great. Would you rather your last name be <laughs> Hitler or Poop? <laughs> poop? Uh, you mean Crapper or Hitler? Well, I'm just saying. I don't I, want. I can't. I can't be Hitler. I got to be a crapper. Okay, Isaac Crapper. He what can't if, be Hitler. Can okay. He? What? If, what if it were Isaac S. Head? <laughs> well, now you're just being silly. Well, I'm just. I'm saying. You're like a four-year-old in there. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's anything that could make you not like pick. Would actually make you pick Hitler. Well, okay, I have a few. Well, okay, well, <laughs> you probably don't want to say those. No, though. I think Hitler is is. <laughs> Number one, okay. like you can't be Hitler. But what about? This is uncomfortable to even say. But what about Lipschitz? Oh yeah, that's that, a I real mean, name. Yeah, it is. Like that. What an awful name to. Mm-hmm. What an awful name to have. Yeah, I, I mean, anything that has a what looks like a swear word in there, and people have to say it. That's not great. Cockburn. Yeah, that's a, that's another one. Well, you remember that? Uh, I didn't know anybody was named Butt. You said poop. Oh, yeah, Jake Butt, the Jake tight end Butt. from uh, Michigan. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know that that was a, a name Iowa until I saw him. Iowa State had a kicker named Connor Ass Alley. Oh, get out of here. I sw- A-S-S-A-L-L-E-Y. That's horrible. A- Ass Alley? Yeah. What about Guzzler? <laughs> not, not great. What about old Ryan Guzzler over there? And, uh, of course, uh, <coughs> should be mentioned, the late Dick Trickle. That's an unfortunate uh, two-name, you know, circumstance there, but... Uh, that wasn't great either, but I, I got to go Hitler. Worst last name. Here's the story of Crapper. Um, you've likely said or heard someone say, where's the Crapper? But did you know that you weren't just using a slang word for excrement, but were actually mentioning someone's name? Although Thomas Crapper did not invent the toilet, that is usually credited to John Harrington in 1596. He did help perfect and popularize it, we celebrate him today on the anniversary of his death, which happened in 1910. So he died January 27, 1910. Uh, he was British, and um, he patented and manufactured sanitary appliances. Among his patents are four uh, four drain improvement ideas, three for water closets, one for pipe joints, and one for manhole covers. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't exactly invent the toilet. But he was quite accomplished in this uh, realm of uh, water engineering. Yeah. yeah. I'm coming up with a bunch of other American last names, like Cobbledick. Oh, dear. That's worse than Cockburn. <laughs> yeah. Farts, F-A-A-R-T-Z. <laughs> Come on. Are you serious? Somebody I'm has the name up. Farts? Yeah, apparently. Oh, dear. And these aren't, like, you can't really just change these. Like, you know, meet the parents, Gaylord Fokker, F-O-K-K-E-R. The the Fockers. Got to be careful with that one. Yep. Uh, What else do I have for you here? Oh, yeah, the Paul Pelosi vid. You guys haven't seen this. It's crazy. I I still haven't. I will look that up right now. Yeah, they posted the, uh, well, you remember Paul Pelosi, husband of Nancy Pelosi. They live in San Francisco. He was attacked with a hammer. The guy broke into his house. Uh, there is video of of the attack, and it is because um, <clears throat> Pelosi calls nine one one. The guy gets in the house. Pelosi calls nine one one. Paul Pelosi. Nancy's not home. 
he's looking for Nancy, the, the perp is. But he has Paul, um, he has him captive with the hammer hanging over him like the sword of Damocles. And Paul calls the cops. The cops show up, and the video is body cam footage from the from the coppers. And they open the door together. So the cops ring the doorbell, knock on the door. Paul opens the door, but the guy is standing with him. Basically, like picture, you know, when you'd have a gun to somebody, it's like holding them hostage. So I'm just watching this for the first time, and it's as if when he opens the door, he's attempting to hold Pelosi hostage with the the hammer like you would with a gun. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, and then as soon as he sees the cops are about to come for him, then he swings with it. Yeah, dude, you, he, you see it. And, dude, Paul Pelosi takes a shot, shot yeah. with that hammer. That dude swung that thing to kill him. And you see that. Now, you don't... Uh, fortunately, you don't see the... Uh, it, it the connection. Of, it, it goes out of the... You see him swing the hammer, but you don't see Paul's head... You know, it's just it's, not. It happens not very gruesome. quickly, and they all go out of frame. Yeah, and then they go out of frame, and then they they fall down, and of course Pelosi's out. He's out cold, it looks like, and then the and then they cuff and stuff the the perp. But it is, dude, it is wild. And Paul Pelosi, man, that dude, that he took one. He took. One. Yeah, that was nasty. It's amazing he's not dead. Can you imagine taking a hammer to the to the head with no. that sort of force. No. God. Um. Oh, right. do, you, do you want to hear about the Pelosi Act of Congress? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> tell, me, tell me more. Uh, yeah, Missouri Congressman Josh Hawley has introduced oh, uh, the act to Congress uh, to make sure that spouse, members of Congress and their spouses don't use their position to get rich on the stock market. And they're calling it the Pelosi Act, <laughs> which stands for Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning <laughs> Securities and Investments. <laughs> which fits perfectly. Nice, Hawley. And this, uh, this right after she apparently apparently sold $3 million worth of Google stock right before the DOJ announced they'll be putting in right. regulations against Google. Right. Yeah. No, I'm okay with that. So I, I'm good with the uh, the yeah. rule. The uh, Kind of a nice, uh, cheeky little shot yeah, across that, the bow there. That's that's quality. Creative. Who knew? All right, coming up next, how our new uh, fearless leader here in Oregon is going to throw $130 million at homelessness. She is, uh, she's trying to lay that out there for you. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, also... The um, you've been seeing the whole Nike movie thing with Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon. Did you know that they're starring in a movie about Nike? Yeah, I saw something about that. I wasn't really sure what the connection was. Yeah, there. Uh, freaking uh, Ben Affleck's playing Phil Knight in a movie. It's not Shoe Dog movie. It's it's the story of how they signed Jordan, Michael but Jordan. Even so, I just I'm not sure I see Affleck as a Phil Knight. Do you? No, but I will say I just looked at him on the set like for the role for the role and because this is set back in the 80s when they signed Jordan sure he he, it, he actually looks like Phil Knight okay uh, the way they've got him done up here but uh, yeah so we'll get to that there's a there's actually a date coming out for, for when that movie will be out so um, we'll get to those items when we return here on In the News on the Fan alright I'm being held hostage with a hammer no you know what we're good now no I'm I'm serious if you can hear me out there <laughs> help me uh, alright well uh, we're coming back cold Ah, hey, we're back. Well, the appropriate thing to say is an Odyssey station. As, I was told uh, our beacon signal crashed. Yeah, we had a we had no signal there. Yeah, but we're back. Here Fancy we are. new studios, though. Here we are. We are back, Buckley. Time to wrap up in the news. We'll have the hot five at five in moments. 
Joey Harrington next hour. Good to have you along. Um, okay, so the uh, shoe. From what I understand, Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's book, is being made into a movie for Netflix. At least that's what I thought. Okay. This movie. So there's a movie coming out, and they've just announced the date. It will be released into theaters on April 5th. Okay. Uh, of this year, and it's and it's by Amazon Studios, and it is called Air. And it's a film about Nike. And Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight. And Matt Damon plays Sonny Vaccaro. Oh. Yeah. And I think those two hate each other, right? I don't. I think they do. I, I don't think Knight. Like, I read Knight, Shoe Dog, too. I should know this. Yeah. Why would you not? You read Shoe Dog and you don't know this? I don't remember. I think Phil Knight fired like Sonny Vaccaro. Right? I think you're right. And then Vaccaro went to Adidas and then, you know, Vaccaro claimed. So I think the whole thing is. With, uh, so this story, uh, the the movie Air, is about the signing of Michael Jordan, which was in 1984. So it's about one specific portion of uh, Nike's uh, long history. But at that time, Nike was struggling, and um, so they needed the boost from Jordan. And I think there's a fight over who claims that they meant more to the Jordan signing, uh, signing gotcha. Phil Knight, or there's like a million people that claim that they want uh, credit for it yeah, exactly Vicaro is one of them so anyway that should be good um i guess i don't know ben affleck and matt damon they're good it's just weird to see ben affleck as phil knight but i will tell you looking at these photos he looks he looks like a young phil knight kind of got the curls going the the beard and i think that was my first thought of like why i thought it really maybe wouldn't work but now that i'm pulling it up i can kind of see yeah it. you can see it right it's, um yeah Maybe not what I would have quite envisioned, but once you see it, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it a little bit. Now, will you see this movie? You gonna watch sure. it? Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna like. Is it coming out the theaters? I'm not gonna run yeah. out of theaters and see it. I don't think. Yeah, but I'll, I'll see it when it comes, you know, to my television screen. <clears throat> he looks a little bit Bob Rossish. <laughs> he does. But that's how that's how Phil was. Back no, then. I know. I was I was kind of thinking that like uh, like a lean John C. Riley might might be good for the role. Ah, there you go. Uh, there was uh, for Shoe Dog. It's going to be much harder because, of course, the the book spans a lot. You know, spans more time. More time, yeah. So you got to change him up. But I saw somebody suggesting Adam Driver should play him for Shoot Up, hmm. which is interesting. Okay, I think Adam Driver can play pretty much anything. So that's right. He's really good in the movie about me. He will be me. No, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal will be. Who would play you in a movie? Russell Crowe. <laughs> I, I've been told I look that like is a so true. I've been told I look like a heavier Russell Crowe by multiple like parties hey, that don't know each other. Dude, you are not as heavy. Actually, as Russell no, Crow. Okay, heavier than Russell Crowe. Gladiator, not as heavy as Russell right. Crowe now. Dude's really let himself go. Yeah, Russell Crowe is fat now. Yeah, and a lot older than me. Yeah. But you know, uh, a younger, heavier Russell Crowe. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Who plays Sook? Uh let's see. Who would play Sook in a movie? Mm, that's a good question. I, I mean, I immediately start like, who are our bald, bearded actors? Well, who's that big wrestler, dude? It's all bald. The Big Show. Yeah, right. Paul, Paul White, The Big Show. Yeah, Paul White. He's like seven foot four, but oh, well. Sure. Sook's got big in his name. Yeah, he does. Our uh, fearless leader Tina Kotek has outlined how she'd spend 130 million dollars to tackle Oregon's homelessness crisis. $33 million to prevent 8,750 households from becoming homeless by funding rent assistance and other eviction prevention services. $24 million to add 600 low-barrier 
shelter beds statewide and hire more housing navigators to ensure unsheltered Oregonians can get connected to the shelter and services they need. I don't, I don't mind that. $54 million to rehouse at least 1,200 unsheltered households by funding prepaid rental assistance, block leasing, at least 600 vacant homes, landlord guarantees and incentives, and other rehousing services. $5 million to support emergency response directly to the nine sovereign tribes in the state of Oregon. $5 million to increase uh, capacity for culturally responsive organizations to support equitable outcomes of the homelessness state of emergency. A lot of very fancy and official-sounding words oh, yeah, here. No kidding. I don't even know what that means. Five million to increase capacity for culturally responsive organizations to support equitable outcomes. Okay. Two million to support local communities for sanitation services, and two million to support the emergency response being coordinated by the Office of Emergency Management and Oregon Housing and Community Services. My God. I can barely keep up with how many departments and uh, levels of bureaucratic take there are. Welcome to Portland. And I know this is statewide, but uh, does any of that give you any confidence that... Uh, I would need to understand what all that meant first. <laughs> but uh, I just don't... I have no I confidence. I think we, we broke it down. Uh, what was Because it was like $130 million would make... Would alleviate like homelessness for... 12,000 people or something like that. And so... What do you mean? How does that... Well, how, how? Well, I'm going like to try to... just giving it to them? No, 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 no. Like, the, the money that they're... All this money should lead to 12,000 people not being homeless anymore, which I think that was the number. I swear we did this on a day you were gone, and it came out to, like, 10,000 bucks a person oh, to really? not be homeless anymore or something like that, which right. I guess well, seems good, but I, I don't know how this is going to work in practice. Well, look, I think it's a hard... Uh, hard problem to tackle and i'm not the man for the job so uh, hopefully that works it is one of the most impossible issues to tackle that i can possibly think of it's a tough one um all right hot five at five is next followed by uh some fun audio and then uh, a visit from our friend joey harrington it is 456 on the fan this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.